0: Pat Mayo Pat Mayo experience. Experience. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience presented by DraftKings 2020 week 5 rankings debate and break down each of the positions if you're looking for a position in particular hit the time codes for the video or podcast. Also, smash the like button to the video. And in the comment section, give me your favorite sleeper play at wide receiver this week. Because we got two bye weeks. Packers, Lions, on bye. Maybe you have injuries. Maybe you have guys on bye week. Maybe you need to fill someone. I want to hear your sleepers out there as well. Tomorrow, spread pick show. Thursday, DraftKings picks. Friday, Update Sunday, live, 10 a.m. Eastern time with Brad Evans taking your questions. If you have start-sit questions for the week, I mean, the rankings can do a lot of the heavy lifting On that one, I will be updating them each and every day as news changes. But on Friday's Pat Mayo Experience, in the comment section on YouTube is where you can ask your start-sit questions for Sunday. And I will get to them on Saturday evening. As many as you can put in there, the more I am going to answer. And the best part is, you know, I'm bad at this. So whatever I answer, just do the opposite. And you're guaranteed to be a winner. Also, prices have been slashed at FTNDaily.com. We're one quarter of the way through the season, so you get 25% off by going to FTNDaily.com right now. Use code Mayo. Get yourself more of a discount. Get full access to the cornerback, wide receiver, shadow index, the matchups, the optimizer, the projections, all of the tools up there to help you succeed. And if you're already out you're 1-3 or 0-4 in your season-long league, now's the time to get into DraftKings or betting or whatever, because football... It's going to be around for a while, and it's going to be a lot of fun if you have all of the tools to put yourself in the best position to succeed. FTNDaily.com, code Mayo. Tell them Mayo sent you. The links are in the description of the video and podcast. Joining me on the line to break everything down, as he has for every single Tuesday for the last seven years, from TheAthletic.com, Jake Seeley is on the line. Jake, someone asked me, it's like, why does that show going to drop? It's like, it's literally been out at the same time for almost a decade. <laughs>
1: I, we've been doing this show. How long now? How many years now? Like, Seven years. Too, <laughs> that's ridiculous. By the way, I, I, we talked briefly golf before we came on. I'm digging the shirt. I would wear that on a golf course. I think you pull it off better than I do.
0: Though. Th- this is the Patrick Reed masters shirt. If people are looking for the golf show, that's moving to Wednesdays during the NFL season right now, as it turns out filming golf back to back with this show, back to back with the spread show, wasn't great, Jake. I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you. Like just spending like f- <laughs> literally five hours recording and then doing all the work for it. Tuesdays weren't a whole lot of fun. Now I'm feeling like refreshed. This has my entire focus, and golf can have my focus on Wednesdays. I'm fired up for this. I want to talk waiver wire very quickly, though. Uh, Damian Harris has okay. the big game on Monday evening um i would assume that he's going to be better when cam comes back it looks like he's going to play the sony michelle role and he's like i don't know what like 20 percent better than sony michelle which makes him like kind of all right i moved into number two in the waiver wire pickups for the week at running back so i have josh kelly damian harris justin jackson d ernest johnson and then chase edmonds uh i don't think any i mean go pick up kelly go pick up harris but like don't blow your fab on them right
1: no i would agree that don't blow your fab i actually my write-up i put Kelly as in he should have been owned if he's not you absolutely blow your fab to go get Kelly to a degree I want to waste your entire season but it does sound like the entire season for Eckler might be lost and that's why you take a chance on Kelly, but I go Jackson right in front but I when I wrote up Harris I said if you want to go Harris over Jackson. I understand it. The reason I say I might go Jackson is because what if he is the replacement for Austin Eckler? What if they keep that role as the majority share and Josh Kelly doesn't change? So that's I still think Kelly is the guy, but there is a scenario where his role doesn't change. And all of a sudden Jackson's the better option. If you want to go Harris, I have no problem with it. I would even say 20 percent better than Michelle's kind of a, underselling him. But we know James White is not going away. I know you watched that game as did I, did I? Uh, James White on the field a lot. Second half down passing game, even when they ran the ball a couple times to kind of disguise what they're doing. James white on the field, James white on the field, Harris looked great but anybody out there fooling themselves like this isn't going to be the same backfield we've always been frustrated with is like, that's why I could see going Jackson still.
0: Yeah. I, I think that Jackson, despite having him number three is probably the one that I'll likely end up with the most, but it was like after week one, how I just ended up with miles Gaskin on every team. Cause I put in like a $1 bid and I got him. I didn't feel like breaking the bank on anyone else with Jackson. wherever ever like the reason that Josh Kelly is available so much is because people who started him against Carolina and he didn't completely go off. They like dropped him the next week. Like I saw, him. like he, he was, he's owned in like 51% of leagues. And I mean, in competitive leagues, he's definitely owned, but I mean, not everyone who's in the most competitive league in the world is watching this show. Some people are in like 10 team leagues. You go pick up Josh Kelly. That's fine. But like, I will put in like a one or $2 bid on Justin Jackson. I agree with you. It's kind of what we spelled out on Monday's show that it could very well be like 60, 40 Jackson. We don't know.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And if you're looking at how you, if you're keeping the offense, the exact same, that's what it would be. Uh, All the assumption is, Kelly is Melvin Gordon, or at least, you know, that's something that I brought up when we were doing the draft show back in the day. I said, Kelly is why I thought Justin Jackson wasn't a thing, but now Justin Jackson is the Eckler. That's why he wasn't a thing is because he's Eckler's replacement. If they want to keep the offense the same, what you just said could happen. So I'm not saying it's a zero possibility. I would go Kelly, but Jackson, I would, you said one or two, I'd probably go close to eight to 10, honestly, just in case.
0: Yeah, I think if you're not playing in like a quote unquote experts league where people are really studying the stuff, you don't need to spend that much.
1: Uh, well, yeah, so there you go. This is this is why you don't do it. This is why I write the beginning of the waiver article. I said I'm not going to tell you how much fab to spend because it depends on your league. It depends on your needs. It depends on your, how aggressive your league is at bidding. Like there's just too many factors. You, you know your league better than we do. Yeah, no, I completely
0: agree. Like, I know that there is a league that I play in that if I want Jackson, I'll probably have to spend, like, 12 bucks to get him. I know another league that I play in where I can put in a $0 bid and get him. Like, just know your league. (laughs) See, there you go. Uh, So other than that, I just want to quickly i mean i have t higgins my number one pickup at wide receiver uh i just briefly want to talk about robert tanyan for a second obviously he had the big monday night game the packers are on by this week if adams and let's say just adams is back which he expects to be after the bye week how good is robert tanyan all of a sudden like was this a product of i think he'll be involved in this offense but is he like a top 12 every week tight end if both adams and then eventually lizard are back because i don't think he is
1: well, so something I said in the waiver comments I don't know if Lazard is even relevant for the fantasy season because everybody's like, oh, I've heard a month. And so like I rephrased what I said because I basically wrote off Lazard for the fantasy season. But like nobody's ever come back in a month. Nobody in the history of core muscle surgeries. Nobody's come back in a month. So you say six to eight weeks and then trying to come back from that six to eight weeks already pushes it up against the playoffs. He's essentially done for fantasy purposes. So I put that out there to say this. I think he is Lazard, and that's why I would say he's kind of in the tight end one discussion, not as in the same player, but it's one week it's going to be Valdez-Scantling, next week it's going to be Tanyan, might be Tanyan again, and then back to Valdez-Scantling, and then one week it might be some rando. Uh, like uh, They picked up, um, what's the guy? Uh, the guy from the Seahawks that was actually playing out there, Taylor, oh, Malik, Taylor.
0: M- M- yeah, uh, they have Malik Taylor. Yeah, Malik Taylor and Darius Shepard are still just going to be on the team. That guy from the CFL,
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Bagel so Shop, could be or whatever random, his name is.
1: Y- Yeah, it could be a random name. So I'll give you the comparison that some people are drawing. Some people, should I drop Hawkinson? Should I drop Hurst? Should I drop uh, Higby? Actually, it's the three. It's the three H's. It's Triple H. Triple H. I'm with you. I'm, I'm not dropping any of the three. But I will say, if you really want to, it's tight end. Outside of the big five or six, you're chasing upside with tight end every single week anyway. So I wouldn't do it. Sounds like you wouldn't do it, but if you want to, I'm not going to say you're insane to do it.
0: Yeah, just looking at my tight end pickups, I have Tanya at four, but I can put him at two very easily because he's on the same tier as the other guys. Like Dalton Schultz is still widely available. I'd much rather have Dalton Schultz at this point in the just offense the that does this week. that does not even against the Giants, just every week. Yeah. Other defenses can't cover him because they have to account for everyone else on the field, and they throw 90 <laughs> times a game. So Dalton Schultz looks like he's going to be pretty consistent every single week. Then I have like Jimmy Graham, Logan Thomas, Robert Tanyan, Mo Ali Cox. Like that, he's in that group of guys. And I would throw those other guys that you mentioned in there the Higbees, the Hayden Hurst. I think Hawkinson's just a little bit better, but not by much yeah. whatsoever. Right. But they're all in that. If they don't score a touchdown, they're probably going to be pretty terrible.
1: No, and at this point, with no OJ Howard, we can almost throw Gronkowski into this mix now where it's like, man, you know, well, actually, you might've, it might even be Cameron Braid. He got the touchdown. So like, these are all, like I said, after you get past five or six, there's like Hawkinson, which feels okay. Uh, Ingram people were on this year. I was off of him and I wasn't even expecting it to be this bad. Uh, So you could say if those tight ends start to produce more consistency, there's kind of like that tier where it's slightly better than hoping for a touchdown. But once you get past, eight or nine, they're all like you just, you mentioned the list. They're all the same guy. It's you're, you're going to chase production every single week. Me personally, I'll go chase one. If you're going to go chase Tanya just stick with him until maybe he just doesn't show up for three straight weeks. I don't want to be chasing my tail and go Tanya and the next week, Hurst and the next week, Hawkins and the next week, Higby, because then you're always going to be chasing production and often miss it.
0: Let's move to the rankings. Oh, I forgot to mention that if you want to play in the Pat Mayo Experience Listener's League on DraftKings, the link is in the description of this video and podcast. $15 to play. Three max entry. No rake. It is the best tournament on DraftKings. So that link is available down there right now. Also, uh, the rankings are in the description of this video and podcast. They're up on DKPlaybook.com too, but I've provided the link down there. Just go right to it right away. I mentioned that they're going to be updated every single day. Uh, I have the timestamp on them from when you can see which day that they've been updated. And, you know, injuries are going to affect a lot of things, like they do. Because we do this on a Tuesday, the games happen on a, except for one, happen on a Sunday. I guess two, because there's one on Monday night. Maybe we'll see more doubleheaders on Monday night. I actually quite enjoyed that, despite going to bed early and watching the rest in the morning. Didn't miss much at the end of that (laughs) Packers-Falcons game, not going to lie to you. So right now, as likely in the running back (laughs) rankings, I have Kareem Hunt, Le'Veon Bell, Raheem Mostert. Cam Akers, Philip Lindsay, and Carlos Hyde likely out. I have Fournette who plays on Thursday night, and LaShawn McCoy out. Austin Eckler, Nick Chubb, Christian McCaffrey, Tevin Coleman, and Sony Michelle who was just placed on injured reserve. Obviously, the Packers and Lions have bye weeks, which leads to the rankings. Number one, Ezekiel Elliott, who's on pace for, I think, 93 catches this year. That's pretty good. Delvin Cook, number two, Kamara, <laughs> three, Derek Henry, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, Kareem Hunt. James Conner, Chris Carson, Mike Davis, and James Robinson. That's in to Jonathan Taylor, Miles Sanders, Josh Jacobs, Joe Mixon, Antonio Gibson, Raheem Mostert, Miles Gaskin, that bitch Carol Gaskin. Still winning on Dancing with the Stars. Winning in your fantasy lineup, kind of, too, now, too. Josh Kelly, Ronald Jones, and Le'Veon Bell. I guess question one is, if Fournette plays, what happens to the Tampa running backs?
1: (laughs) Who knows? It's (laughs) Bruce Arians. This is... Look, this is why I said some people are like, hey, I need to make a move. Who should I cut in my running backs? And one of them listed is like Leonard Fournette. And the other options are like DeAndre Swift and stuff. Just drop Fournette. I'd rather chase the upside of stashing Swift because what did I say last week? When we, or It might have been two weeks ago to you about Fournette. The problem is now with what we just have seen this year with Bruce Arians is if Fournette have is good, has a good game, you have to see it first so you're not going to start him when you get the good game. Then you're going to try and start him the next week. And there's no guarantee that he doesn't go right back to Ronald Jones. Leonard Fournette fumbled in that game, and he went to Ronald Jones mostly, just like he did to Fournette the week before that. So I'm getting away from this backfield. You know, If Fournette plays, you hope he has a good game on your bench and then just sell him to some schmuck who wants to buy in. Uh, But I would still go Ronald Jones, but I don't want to start either of them. I think Ronald Jones is fair as an RB2 where you have him with no Fournette. Uh, If there's Fournette, still Ronald Jones, I would just move him down for the risk.
0: Yeah, I would too. And he would become like a high-end flex play. I wouldn't feel confident in that whatsoever. Plus, it's against the Bears, who are not like a lights-out run defense, but you know, they're still a good defense overall. I could see that being a lower-scoring game, although the short week of wonky stuff always happens on a short week, whether it's like extremely good or extremely bad. There's rarely ever like a neutral Thursday night game. It just goes off right. into like one direction or another. Um, other than that, uh, Kareem, Hunt <laughs> at direction. Num- yeah, Kareem Hunt at number six, <laughs> presuming he plays, I don't think that it's going to be like a 90 percent kareem hunt i think what we saw on sunday where you're gonna have hilliard and johnson mixed into this is still going to be a thing it's just hunt is going to be the lead guy now
1: yeah i think it's not maybe not 90 but i think you could say 70 80 you know, like most running backs outside of the elites of you know the Zeke's and stuff like that so when christian mccaffrey is back barkley was out there but you're 70 80 percent from kareem hunt should be where you have them inside potentially the top five every single week. And this isn't a great matchup. We've talked about it now, I think two, three weeks in a row and I continue to said, respect the Colts defense. It is one of the best defense in the league and fantasy and people still just can't wrap their heads around it. I can't. Um, if I, <laughs> if I was going to bring up one, which I have a feeling like the people watching are probably going to immediately ask in their mind. So I'll start the conversation and ask you the question. I know my answer, but Joe Mixon at 14, I think people are going to immediately, because of the reactionary of what happened last week, be like, why do you have him so low?
0: This starts a really bad stretch of matchups for Joe Mixon. And listen, who is he? Is he the guy that we saw in week four who is you know, six catches in the game, three touchdowns, looked amazing against one of the worst defenses, at least run defenses in football? Or is he the guy that we saw the first three weeks that when Cincinnati was not ahead in the game, that he got like 48% of the snaps, 60% of the snaps, still like, all right, not used in the passing game, not especially on the field when you need those critical receptions to build in a floor and they're huge underdogs against Baltimore I just kind of see it swinging back the other way this is I had him at I think 18 last week obviously I was completely wrong about that but at the same time I don't think that one great week means oh Joe Mixon's back like in a good matchup he's a top 10 guy in a bad matchup he's like a mid-tier running back too
1: yeah and I'm with you on this if so the th- problem is is it's probably going to look bad if they use him like we did last week. If, if, if we knew that they stopped and are, or we're going to stop with this Giovanni Bernard nonsense and say, Hey, let's just use our best running back period. It doesn't matter if we're in two minutes. It doesn't matter if we're in catch up. It doesn't matter because we've seen him catching passes. We've seen how good he can be. If you told me that I think Joe Mixon, even against the Ravens, because we're talking about putting points on the board, putting points on the board, likely quickly that he'd probably be ahead of jonathan taylor for me but everything you said is why i'm with you and like i said i already knew my answer we're on the same page is i don't trust one week to know whether or not giovanni Bernard's is definitely not involved
0: well i was thinking about we discussed some of this on the monday show as well as it pertains to joe mixon if you have joe mixon right now could you trade him for like james robinson and a wide receiver too like dj Moore, dj Moore and james robinson for joe mixon do you think someone would actually do that because i think they would
1: i think I think you might get some leagues uh, from what I've seen. It just, I don't know what switched in this past week that it took so long for people to give James Robinson respect because the trade offers I was seeing in the rankings column last week for James Robinson was still like low in RB two, And all of a sudden another good week. And it was a vast step up where now people are like, should I trade James Robinson for Allen Robinson? Should I trade him for Keenan Allen? Like now we're talking about wide receiver ones where he should have been. Uh, So I I think some leagues you still could, but I feel like some people have finally started to come around on James Robinson and it might be hard to get that much value back. Still is, and like if you had to go rest of the season, Joe Mixon is likely
0: the answer to this, but I think it's a whole lot closer. And that's kind of the way that I judge some of these trades is where's the actual value versus the perceived value. Someone like Antonio Gibson, who just continues to be good every single week, despite the fact that that team is horrible. I think that those two are very close in terms of how many fantasy points are going to score.
1: I think most weeks, I would agree. My long-term consideration or concern with Antonio Gibson is is somebody else, Bryce Love, I know that he got slapped with the IR, so what is he, week seven or eight, because he was on the short-term one before he can come back, is that do they just kind of keep Antonio Gibson in the Austin Eckler role, which is fine as long as he's producing like he is, but you just mentioned my concern of it is this offense, you know, put him on the chargers. I feel a lot better. And then not having love show up later in the year. Again, I'm not saying love is definitely going to hurt him. It's just, I kind of still feel like if you watch what they did in the preseason, even in his usage so far, I feel like now he's capped. Like, I feel like this is the best we're going to get, which I'm not complaining about. I like Antonio Gibson. And I I think a comparison to James Robinson is a good one. I just, I wonder if right now is his peak. So if you can get that same trade, you were just talking about, and you have depth, I wouldn't mind necessarily going after Joe Mixon.
0: Okay. I I think that the big games for Mixon are going to be way bigger, and that's really the difference between the two. But I think they they both don't really have a – they have a decent floor, but it's not a super high floor. It's not like a Mike Davis-type floor where he just scores 20 fantasy points every single game.
1: (laughs) Which, by the way, hurry up, people. We're about two weeks away from Christian McCaffrey. Your trade – Or next –
0: I don't even think you can trade him. You just have to use him.
1: No, you see, like, again, I'm only going off the comments I see in the rankings in the waiver column that I have. So I'm basing off that. People are still treating Mike Davis as a high end RB2 in trades. But that's not what he's been production wise. But to get that, knowing the clock is ticking and very fast now, I think that's still fair to do. Are uh, you
0: worried about Miles Sanders at all that when they needed to run out the game, Doug Peterson went big with Corey Clement for reasons unknown?
1: <laughs> Maybe it was just the fact that to keep him okay and healthy because he was hurt earlier this season. Maybe that's a concern, uh, it was kind of the baffling use of Aaron Jones at times. Like, we never really know what these coaches are thinking. So, maybe, but I think the concern too is the offense, the schedule the next two weeks. I mean, Pittsburgh and Baltimore, the offensive line is still in shambles. Carson Wentz is still in shambles. So, I have Miles' concern, but he still has to be in the RB1 conversation.
0: Yeah, the, the usage is just almost locked in almost every single week in terms of snap share, in terms of receptions. That you know when we talk about like floors, someone like Gibson, someone like Mixon is just much lower than Sam. Sanders although those guys could definitely outscore him and score like three touchdowns that kind of thing but I'm just more comfortable with the usage the almost guaranteed usage that we know Sanders is going to get when he's healthy I have Colonel Mostert at number 16 Jarek at number 22 Um, obviously if Mostert doesn't play Jarek is up to what like 11 12 Mm. he's he was he was like the bell cow and he's playing Miami
1: he, he was the bell cow, which is the interesting thing, and that's why I kind of went, mm, I think he deserves to write, be there in that conversation with Miles Sanders, Josh Jacobs, and Joe Mixon. I think it's a fair spot to put him in.
0: Yeah, that, that's where I would put Jarek if there is no monster. but it sounds like he might play this week.
1: It does. I be honest with you, like we're, we're differing a little bit between like if I rank my 11, 12, 13, 14. Well, I'm going to also rely a little bit on my projections. You no, know, so I'm not. maybe I'll have the same 11, 12, 13, and 14, but what I'm thinking here is like, I like Jacobs more and Sanders more, but I like Taylor less, but like, he's in this conversation. I bring up the Taylor thing because of the usage last week. It was just baffling. The fact that Naeem Hines and Jordan Wilkins got as much run as they did, despite how much better, like even somebody, if somebody was like, Hey, you've never watched football, like put this game on, which of these three is the best. Like even a novice would have been like, that's the best running back. I don't
0: quite get it. It might be just up and down week to week with Jonathan Taylor in the Colts' backfield, but it does feel like in competitive games, and that's my one like drawback against the Colts' defense so far. So they got kind of exposed a little bit week one in Jacksonville, and maybe that's what's throwing everyone off the scent, that Jacksonville was able to move the ball so well against them. Then they play Nick Foles in this Bears offense. They played the Jets, and who was the team in between? The You said the Bears, right? The Bears, the Jets, and they have another win.
1: <laughs> I'll double-check while I'm looking. Real quick, while I'm looking, I'll tell you one thing, and this isn't like, Ooh, look at who I talk to. The Vikings, 28 to 11. Yeah, uh, and so the Vikings
0: the- who had been abysmal for three weeks. Like, it's – they yeah. look a little bit better now, but at the same time, like – It's and I I hate making this argument because I think that like the Bills are a real team and most of the pushback that I've seen against the Bills is like oh they haven't beaten anyone and they're kind of right and but the same as the Colts like have they really played a good offense yet and this Browns offense is this Browns (laughs) offense is weird I don't know if it's good or bad but at least like they score points.
1: No, it's certainly fair. I mean, they did make Kirk Cousins look as bad as Nathan Peterman in that game. So there's like Kirk Cousins isn't a slouch And for fancy purposes. We're not that excited, but he's not trash. So I see what your point is. Um, but real quick about the Jonathan Taylor thing. And again, what I was about to say is I'm not being like, oh, I text with running backs that I used to know. I was texting with two players. But, but yes, that is have exactly a- what you're going to say. No, because it's coming from players who have played the game. And that's why I want to point it out there, because we do you and I do our best. I haven't played in the NFL. I didn't play in college. What? So I'm doing everything I know watching film. And I texted to say, hey, you played the game. I can only make the assumptions of what my analytical mind has done for my entire career of watching football. You tell me what is going on with the Colts? What is going on with Daryl Henderson and the Rams? And both the responses overlapped and were very similar. It's twofold is one is coaches go in with a game plan and get cute and stick with it. Like this might've been a game plan. I said, Hey, we see something where Naeem Hines is more of a threat in the passing game. And to disguise it, we're going to use him running the ball. Some, and that's what they went with. And despite the fact that Jonathan Taylor was vastly outplaying the other two they stick with it instead of adapting. Some coaches will do that. The other fold of it is the fact that some coaches will hold grudges or remember things from practice in week. And the response I got, the actual verbatim was, coaches will play the best player from the week, not from the day, meaning that the best player on the field that day doesn't always get the touches because he might have missed an assignment on Thursday, might have dropped the pass, might have done something just to tick the coach off, and they carried it over. I mean, that would make sense
0: of why Jarek got all those touches in the Sunday Nighter because Kyle Shanahan was punishing Jeff Wilson for breaking COVID protocols (laughs) that he just got sat down on the bench and we just didn't see him.
1: Well, and it also helps explain what happened with DeAndre Swift in week three where he went to six snaps. He was leading the team in snaps and then got six in week three. So, again, it's just it's coaches twofold is kind of overthinking a game plan and not being willing to adapt like some. And then the other part is something might have happened in practice and they just didn't let it go.
0: Yeah, and you're not going to know is the fun part about it.
1: Yeah. That's the, that's why. that's the, go back to Leonard Fournette thing. That's why I'm not touching that backfield. Uh, I have Le'Veon Bell at
0: number 20. It appears like he's going to be back against the Cardinals. No, Sam Darnold. It's looking like this week for the Jets. No. So Joe Flacco time. Might be a good thing. Yeah. Check, check down to <laughs> Le'Veon Bell. Maybe like nine catches for him or something like that. I, yes. I have no idea where to put him, but I would assume that if he's back and he's healthy, like if we're just talking about pure volume and snap shares, He's going to be pretty high up there when we look at the end of the week. He's probably going to be like top five in percent played among all running backs.
1: I'm with you. I actually think that the Le'Veon Bell spot is a good one. He's actually probably, you know what? Uh, call me crazy, Le'Veon Bell over Miles Gaskin against the 49ers? Because what I, wasn't, I was not joking, but not joking in the fact of what you brought up as the point for Joe Flacco, checking down to running backs, he's up there with Foles and up there with Rivers as being one of the ones who targets his running backs more often than anybody else at quarterback in the league. It could be seven, eight receptions for Le'Veon Bell in this game, and if you're playing half and full point PPR, that's going to put him close to the top 15 even if he only has 60 yards
0: the thing is if the Niners jump up in this game and there's still no line on it because we don't know who's playing quarterback for the 49ers that I can see Gaskin piling up a bunch of catches as well because that's what he's been doing like on passing downs he's been splitting with Breda and when they're up as long as they're not on the one yard line he's in the game too (laughs) Uh, and I just don't I don't trust Adam Gase this could still be like oh you know what Frank Gore earned it he's been so good averaging (laughs) 2.1 yards per carry is pretty tough in the NFL let's keep rolling with Frank
1: uh that'd be too shit like I, god can can we fire gase no we got, no, got rid never. of bill o'brien make, no make do... no make
0: gase coach for life of the jets i'm here for it
1: oh my god uh, can we, is there something worse that we could get him to do i don't think there's worse than the, actually you know what would be coaching the giants at this point be worse
0: i don't know i i feel bad for the giants they've had a really hard schedule to start the year uh it kind of opened...
1: have a really terrible quarterback so no far. you
0: mean danny Fums? danny Fums is great
1: by the way, I brought that up in a tweet, and I thro- showed the side-by-side comparison and said Dwayne Haskins. I didn't put the names, but Dwayne Haskins has better numbers to date and has been improving this season. Daniel Jones has been going in the opposite direction, yet everybody wants to bench that Dan- Dwayne Haskins guy, and nobody wants to bench Daniel Jones. Not that Daniel Jones should be benched, but both of them should get a full season before we move on from them.
0: I don't know. I think it depends on the health of Alex Smith and how he looks. Like At least if you bench Haskins, like going to Kyle Allen does you no good, although Technically, both those teams are in the in contention to win that division at this point, and the Washington's uh, schedule opens up just a little bit where they actually do have some winnable so games the coming up. But if you could go to Alex Smith, and Alex Smith was like ninety percent of what he used to be, like I can see making that move. Who are the Giants gonna go to?
1: No, I don't think you should go to either. Even if Alex Smith was 90 percent, he's not your future. You find find out if Haskins definitively is your future. Find out if Daniel Jones is definitively your future. And if neither one of them are. Guess what? You're drafting Lance or somebody in the draft, although he didn't look great in that game. But Trevor Lawrence, obviously the big name, if you get the number one picks so go find your new quarterback. Melvin Gordon at
0: 21, with the expectation that Philip Lindsay will be back against the New England Patriots. Jarek at 22. Singletary with Zach Moss, presumably going to be back this week. David Johnson, who saw his snap shares cut, with the Duke returning. Todd Gurley. Maybe I should have Todd Gurley a lot higher than 25. Uh, I did these like during the Monday night game, and all of a sudden, he scores two touchdowns, and the Panthers, you know you can (laughs) run all over. Drake, Daryl Henderson, Devonta Freeman, David Montgomery, and James White. Not that I love Freeman by any means, but now... Now into week two, he was very clearly the lead in that offense. He was the one you know, piling up receptions. And if that's just, just going to be right. a very high-paced game, a lot of volume game, I could see him having a decent spot. I wouldn't feel good about starting him by any means. But this, if there's ever going to be a spot, it's against Cowboys defense who just give up 90 points a game. But like Drake, I'm worried that either he's hurt or I don't really know what's going on. And the Jets' run defense is okay. Like It's not as good as it was last year, but it's still good.
1: Right. There's a, there's a couple here I want to talk Actually, these three in a row, Drake, Henderson, and Freeman. So Drake, you mentioned it. Also, Edmondson's week one being used more in the passing game has looked better at times. There's a legitimate concern there about Drake. I don't know if they'll exactly switch over to Edmonds, but if it happened, it wouldn't shock me at this point. I do think Gurley should be a little bit higher just for the matchup alone. I'll feel better about him than I do David Johnson, although maybe the firing of Bob well, actually, I don't know. Is it more David Johnson or maybe they un- let loose Duke Johnson, who people have been clamoring for for years? The Henderson one, I'm going to go back to that one because that's the same t- you know, text message string I was talking about with the Colts situation. The Washington football team, the one thing Malcolm Brown does better than Henderson is block. Uh, I feel like if you're facing, even though they've lost pieces, that being Washington, I feel like Malcolm Brown is more safe for this offense. And so, you know, this offense has also been getting a golf hit at times. I feel like Brown might be out there again more this week. And so I'd like to stay away from it. And then the Freeman one, I'm with you 54% in a second game with this team. It's definitely, he's going to be the backfield uh, going forward.
0: So I think I'm going to keep Henderson above Brown right now. I also have cam acres returning this week. So Lord knows what's happening in the Rams backfield.
1: So cam but, Akers at 16. <laughs> yeah.
0: I, how far up show, I mean, Gurley has a good matchup against the Panthers, but Brian Hill is still spelling him. Then you still have David Johnson with Duke, obviously spelling him a little bit now, but it's still a great matchup against the Jags too. Like those are both like washed running backs in really good matchups. Like how high up can you really put them is the thing. Like put Gurley, should I move Gurley and David Johnson both up? Should I just move Gurley up? What do you think?
1: I wouldn't move David Johnson up at all. I was considering moving David Johnson down. I don't, I I'm really terrified (laughs) of this news. Like you said, he's looked poor, the thing that he had going for me, as you brought up, was the snap share being at 90%. And it was, what, 60-something in that game? And again, Bob is gone, so is it Duke-Johnson time? Is it like a 50-50 split? So I feel better about Early. I put Early all the way up at... Mm, so... I would move Jarek McKinnon in front of Melvin Gordon and then go Todd Gurley and then Melvin Gordon. I'm legitimately concerned about Melvin Gordon with Philip Lindsay coming back because it started off this season exactly what our concerns were, that Lindsay was going to be out there 50% of the time.
0: All right, I'll move Gurley up to number 21, one spot ahead of Melvin Gordon. I can't justifiably move Jarek up if Mossard's going to be back. If Mossard's out of there, I'm bumping Jarek way up. So that's just kind of the way that I'm playing it. 30-40, to James White, Damian Harris, Edmonds, Rex Burkhead, because I don't know, Uh, Naheem (laughs) Hines, Hines, <laughs> Malcolm Brown, Dearness Johnson, J.K. Dobbins, J.D. McKissick, Philip Lindsay, Latavius Murray. That awful Mark Ingram has been guest ranked at 41, probably too Finally
1: high. starting to fall down the ranks.
0: Yeah, listen, in mine, he's always been in the same spot. Worst place. Gus Bus at number 42. Breda, Justin Jackson, Zach Moss. Like, it's a real shit show down here. Like, it's just a bunch of committees. Some of them three-way committees. And one of them's going to be good. I have no idea who to tell you who's going to be the good one.
1: No, and if it's a three-way committee, then I would actually go with a Jackson versus avoiding the second or third option when there's three options. At least he's only the second of two. I'm similar to Giovanni Bernard for that and Duke Johnson for that. I'm not saying I'm super excited and moving them way up, but if my choice was one of the three Ravens, I know it could be any of the three and any of the three could finish as a top 10. That's what we deal with with that situation. But like a three-way backfield, then I'll always go for the number two, just, just for less risk.
0: Yeah, peace of mind at that point, too. I just don't love this matchup for the Chargers against the Saints. Uh, the Saints' secondary, you know, kind of beat up right now. The run game's still okay.
1: Yeah, and you're 100% right, and they are solid against the run, but that's why I kind of like Jackson, because what you said in the passing game is that he'll it, see more passing game it, work than it, Kelly, it, assumedly. It,
0: it, that's what we assume. We don't know that, though. That's it's a logical leap on our part, but no, I, I get that. Let's move to receiver. Once again, smash the like button for the episode. And in the comment section, give me your favorite sleeper receiver of the week. Packers and Lions once again on by likely in the rankings. And this could definitely change. I got Julio in, Michael Thomas in, Mike Williams in, A.J. Brown in, Deontay Johnson in. It looks like he's going to play for sure. Mike Evans in with that ankle injury. And it looks like Brashad Perriman shall return this week for the New York Jumbo Jets. Likely out, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, Brian Edwards, Henry Ruggs, Chris Godwin, Elshon Jeffrey, Deshaun Jackson, Steve Sims, Adam Humphrey. Denzel Mims out, Sterling Shepard, and Alan Lazald. A lot of these guys could switch spots in, some of them could switch out again. Just hit the updated rankings each day when you actually have to go make a lineup decision. So, like Wednesday probably isn't that day, so Thursday is probably a good one if we have information. That Friday show is going to be very telling once we get that injury report for what's actually going to happen on Sunday. Jake, I hate explaining this every time, but you know, you got to do it right. <laughs>
1: You do. I, I. You. Speaking of every time, you didn't say Mimsy.
0: Oh yes, sorry.
1: <clears throat> Mimsy. There we go. There you go. Hey, hey you he go. could
0: be back this week too. He's <laughs> off of IR. I just don't think he's gonna play.
1: No, it doesn't sound like a, a pyramid situation still up in the air that you mentioned that. So, you know, Jeff Smith, <laughs> I will say this a slot guy, very similar to uh, Jameson Crowder. So it'll be interesting to see if he gets more run again this week and then they start to push Crowder outside. And now, ooh, do you start to worry about that matchup? That's that's I I'm not trying to say pick between them. I would definitely pick Crowder every single time. I could just see where that's a, that's a tough run this week.
0: And especially with Flacco, we don't know who he favors over who Darnold favors. Maybe it's finally time for Chris Herndon to get fired up. Flacco does love it. Chris Hogan.
1: Chris Chris Hogan. is. I tweeted this out this morning. He's top 10 in air yards left on the field, unaccounted (laughs) for air yards or whatever you want to call them. He's top 10. So maybe this is your Hogan game. Oh,
0: fun. Number one through 20, DeAndre Hopkins comes in at number one against those New York Jets. Keenan Allen, Amari Cooper, Calvin Ridley. We'll talk about the Falcon situation in a second. Lockett, Thielen Hill, Thomas, Allen Robinson, Stephen Diggs, DK Metcalf, Julio, Evans, Juju, Devontae Parker, Deontay Johnson, who's been cleared from concussion protocol now, DJ Chark, Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, and Robert Woods. Falcons. Uh, Ridley shut out on Monday night. Julio leaves with an injury. I have no idea if either of these guys are going to play next week for the moment I have them in. So let's talk about if they play, what do you expect from them? And if one of them or both of them sit, what we can expect. So if they both play, it looks like Ridley just kind of got sat out towards the end of the game because, hey, we're going to lose anyway. Just go over there. Julio had to leave because he couldn't walk anymore. I think there's like a (laughs) 50-50 chance if Julio plays or doesn't play. Like They would probably be smart to sit him out, but they're also 0-4. They might want to get a win on the board here soon, or they're giving up the season.
1: Yeah, I would say I would lean 50, 50, more than 50-50. I would almost assume, and I put that in the waivers. Now, again, I could be wrong, but I would assume Julio Jones is gone for this week. I, I would almost assume it might even be two weeks at this point. All right, so I, I'm gonna take, back.
0: all right, so I will take him out of the rankings as of right now. Do you still agree with Ridley at number four? Like if Ridley plays, you're playing him, aren't you?
1: yeah I and mean, if somebody wants to nitpick and say well ridley should be seven or ten yeah. or whatever you're playing calvin ridley he, ha- he had a touchdown that he should have had so if he gets that touchdown, is he top 10 this week? No, he's, but he's top 20, 25, and people aren't complaining as much. So, you know, these kind of things happen. He got taken out. He also didn't look 100% in that game, but another week, maybe we get him back to 100%. At that point, with no Julio, he has to be top 10, whether you want him 4, 7, 10, whatever. Uh, the Julio one I only say is because they brought him back. He wasn't 100% and then aggravated the injury. So that's why I kind of leaned to him being out and maybe even multiple weeks No. I'm not the team. As you said, this is a very good point. I would think that Dan Quinn is not, they said he's safe right now. If you lose to the Panthers and go on five, you have to think Dan Quinn has that in the back of his mind. So I think where you have Julio Jones, if he plays is maybe a tad high, but it's fair because he's Julio Jones. So uh, where did you, I, we didn't get that far yet, but I'm just curious, where do you have the third engage at 40? I, I, Gage I, I, would move up obviously.
0: Yeah, I have Gage at number 39, uh, and then I just inserted Ozymandias at uh, number 45.
1: <laughs> Ozymandias. <laughs> that was good. I thought you would do like, like Zacchaeus was a wee little man song or something like that from Bible school. Did you ever, do, did you ever hear that song, or is that something only me heard? I don't know the fucking do you, you don't about. know what song I'm talking about? No. <laughs> you never heard Zacchaeus was a wee little man, a wee little man was he? He climbed up in the sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. You never heard this? All my Bible school friends out there know exactly what I'm talking about.
0: I don't know how many uh, Bible school people are watching the Pat Mayo experience. I'm not going to... Maybe for you. (laughs) No, definitely not for me.
1: (laughs) Fair enough. All right, so... Continuing with this, yeah, (laughs) Zacchaeus would move up to somewhat relevancy. You saw him. Christian Blake, uh, Christian Blake, for the usage that people might ask for, is what you were talking about when Ridley got pulled out of the game. He was just in that final drive.
0: Yeah, it does seem like uh, my guy, Ozymandias, is filling in for Julio if it comes down to that.
1: (laughs) Right. He needs to
0: have like a touchdown or like a big game before I learn how to pronounce his name properly.
1: (laughs) It's not that hard as Alamade Zacchaeus.
0: Yeah, I just don't want to do it until he has a good game.
1: <laughs> Dems the
0: rules on the show. I watched
1: him here from Virginia. What can I say? I already knew who he was. Wait, is he like your best friend from fucking Bible school or something? No, but can we move on to everybody? No, my best friend actually didn't even like the tweet where I said Travis Fulgham finally had a game. Spent 15 minutes talking to him at the combine. You can at least like my tweet, buddy. <laughs> okay. Uh,
0: <laughs> I, that, that just threw me for a loop. Um, the you don't even know
1: where to go for this no <laughs> rams
0: guys it seems like woods should have the better game than cup The cup's just been a lot better i'd prefer the outside guys against the footballs but i mean is, when's chase young coming back
1: mm, i thought it was going to be another week or two it sounded like so yeah. what do you just worried about golf pressure or the for, what, what were you thinking getting the ball out quicker
0: just getting the ball out quicker and just the even in the interior, like the slot receivers for the Washingtons are much better than their outside corners. I know Fuller had the two picks against Baltimore, but like he's not good.
1: No, he's certainly not. I, I'm kind of in the stance that every single week I'm playing Cup and Woods, no matter who they're facing. If one week it's Cup one week it's woods one week it's both of them i'm not going to get too upset in a lot of weeks when it's going to be both of them one's a wide receiver one and one's usually a wide receiver three or better so i'm not going to get too hung up on it it's kind of one of those like i said you say it's every. i would could just compare it to the top 10 if you have one of the either one you are starting. who are you benching them for
0: yeah i guess if theoretically you could have picked up justin jefferson who it's kind of funny and we talk about this in the preseason from time to time, trying to locate these offenses where everything kind of funnels through the same, like, three people. So if we're talking about target market share, at least the last two weeks, ever since Jefferson's been bumped to the outside, Thielen and Jefferson are the only two guys in this offense, in the passing game at least, doing anything. And there's Dalvin Cook on the ground. There is, well, this offense isn't explosive. There is something, to having that large of a market share between all these people. We usually talk about it for DraftKings purposes because it makes for a really easy stack. If you leave Dalvin Cook out, you just use Cousins, you use Thielen, you use Jefferson, and, like, pray that Kyle Rudolph doesn't have one catch for one yard and a touchdown kind of thing. But the, (laughs) the offense through the air is run through those two guys, and they're playing Seattle.
1: Yeah, well, I, I think that's the big part, too. You save the best part for last is everybody wants to attack Seattle right now. And I'm looking at it, as you're mentioning, the last two games, 32% of the targets for Thielen, 30% for Justin Jefferson. Next closest is 14.9% in Dalvin Cook. So there you go. If you're getting two wide receivers at 30%, Good God, how do you? I'm with you. It's like I said in the waiver column, if Jefferson still has, you know, shallower leagues, as you said, not everybody plays in deeper ones. Some people might have been hesitant. I was hesitant to call Jefferson a must start. I already said he was a must add. And in the column, I said, now he's both. He is a must start now. I was concerned of him succeeding outside, continuing to see that volume, but two games in a row, as you mentioned, when you get that skinny of a tree, for the, I mean, we're talking 60% to two wide receivers. You start them every single week. The
0: only two other situations that I can really remember that had that was Oakland with Derek Carr, Michael Crabtree, and Amari Cooper, and Denver with whoever the hell their quarterback
1: was, and
0: Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius <laughs> Thomas. I think it was Peyton Manning. I'm
1: actually. Yeah, I was, exactly. Yeah, I'm actually looking right now through the top 20 to see if I can find. The teammates that are the next closest. I mean, because Keenan Allen's yeah. up there, but then there's nobody else. Yeah, it's, 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 it's probably, it's probably
0: Keenan. Well, Keenan Allen and DeAndre Hopkins are accounting for like forty percent market share by themselves.
1: <laughs> yeah, and well, the problem is, so if you go to the Cowboys, it's one week, it's Ceedee Lamb; one week, it's Cedric Wilson; one week, it's Gallup. Good, like there's tight ends sprinkled in here. No, the next closest, if you want teammates that are both inside the top twenty, is the Seahawks with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett.
0: That makes a lot of sense. But then you had like random jabroni like David Moore or it's gotta be Swain. <laughs> and all of a sudden, like random they're catching Jabroni. Touchdown. Like they're catching touchdown. Oh, Travis Homer's in the end zone. Excellent news. Like ugh. One of the eight tight ends that they seemingly roll out. Oh, oh, it's not Greg Olson this week. We're going back to Hollister. I'm like, oh, super. <laughs> This is great. Great news. Uh 21 to 30. Robbie anderson DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, 2021. Crowder. Marquise Brown, eventually he's going to realize those air yards. I got, there could not have been a worse situation for me on Sunday. Um, this was very early in the day when I still had thought I had a shot of winning the Millionaire Maker when only Lamar was going off. Lamar bombed it to Hollywood Brown. Hollywood Brown made like three people miss and they got tackled at the one. And then all of a sudden, marking room comes in for a one-yard touchdown. I was like, oh my God this is just like sticking it to me this is horrible uh will fuller at 24 (laughs) darius slayton at 25 cd lamb edelman mclaurin gallup odell at number 30 and then 31 to 40 i got boyd landry aj brown zach pascal whose market share just goes up and up and up and up and up every single week t higgins mike williams scott miller Hunter Renfro, Russell Gage, and Nikhil Harry. How far do you think I should move up Russell Gage here? Because I haven't adjusted him yet with Julio being taken out of the rankings. Would you play Russell Gage or A.J. Brown?
1: Mm, I'd play AJ Brown if he's back. It's hard for me to sit AJ Brown, even with the concerns of White. I mean, he's just he's a dominant wide receiver. If we're talking about a healthy AJ Brown, we wouldn't even be we'd be like, all right, he might have a tough day, but he's AJ Brown. He could save it with a touchdown, too. I think in front of Pascal, because what does it mean being the number one for that team? Yeah. At this point, nothing. So I think that's a good spot. Although the one I would move up is T Higgins. I know it's a bad matchup, but what we've seen is AJ Green's essentially done and dead for and there we talk about the Joe Burrow and he's been basically going Boyd and Higgins the last two games similar not as quite as much as the Vikings but very similar and to go back to the the air yards thing we were talking about before and you said he'll capitalize on those air yards for Hollywood Brown so Hollywood Brown is ninth he's got 279 yards left on the field T Higgins as good as he's been is actually fifth with 234 percentage wise he's higher 60 68 percent of his yards have not been capitalized on so far
0: that's kind of insane. Okay, so I'll move T. Higgins up to one spot behind A.J. Brown to 34. Russell Gage at 35. Zach Pascal at 36. Obviously, Mike Williams may or may not play on Monday night. Who knows with his hamstring? By the way, if anyone ever hurts their hamstring, just assume they're out at least two games.
1: <laughs> That's the, the hamstrings are killer this year. Maybe that preseason is important after all.
0: Um, And then from the 41 to 50 range, I got Perriman, Chenault, Debo. Hopefully, Debo's back a little bit more, but it doesn't seem like they need to throw a ton. I don't even know who's been quarterback for them this week. Uh, Golden Tate, Ozymandias, I chucked in at number 45. Tim Patrick, Greg Ward, Demir, Bird, Christian Kirk, and then T.Y. Hilton at number 50. I should probably have T.Y. lower, shouldn't I?
1: Mm, That's still a fair spot for, like, he's actually. Uh, very high, I think it was 15 or 16 and air yards per target. If you could just catch a damn ball, can't uh, that's the problem. Can't do it. Can't, is that can't what you do said? it. <laughs> can't, can't do it. That, that, that's certainly fair. There's some two names that stick out in this range. I know you didn't get to him yet at 52, but I uh, you the, the 49ers just seem to be finding a way similar to like Chenault and similar to um, somebody else that I can't think of off the top of my head to just try and get him involved every single week, even though he's not at the highest snap share. And then to go back up, Tim Patrick, as we just saw last week, he is the number two, and Hamler got hurt in that game. So it's not the greatest matchup against the Patriots, but you have to assume, well, Judy's going to be their focus anyway. So I'd feel better about Tim Patrick than I would somebody like Herman in his first game back. Um, Actually, that's probably where I would stop. I would probably just put Patrick at 42.
0: Okay. I'm comfortable with leaving Perriman there for the moment. I just don't trust this Cardinal secondary whatsoever. And I'm just banking on Flacco can still throw the ball 80 yards in the air. That's kind of like Perriman's bread and butter.
1: Hey, certainly fair. And then you, well, are you going with Peterson dropping down to Crowder? Because he doesn't do that a lot.
0: I'm not scared of Patrick Peterson. He's just not good anymore.
1: (laughs) Hey, that's he's definitely not the, Pat, the Patrick Peterson we used to be scared of. That's for sure.
0: No, like he's good. Like he's a slightly above average corner, which is probably good enough to lock down Brashad Perriman, let's be real. But <laughs> at the same time, it's not like, oh, my God, Patrick Peterson is shadowing this guy. Can't play him. Like, no, that's just not how it's worked anymore.
1: It's not like Jalen Ramsey, who not only shadows you, but then sh- tries to shadow you outside the locker room waiting for you outside.
0: Waiting for you in the parking lot. It's just like that. It's just like that guy. He was waiting for Shooter McGavin. It wasn't great. <laughs> but, I mean, I still have McLaurin inside the top 30, despite the fact that he's probably going to get shadowed. He's been shadowed by, like, the best corners in the game every week, and every week he just still puts up fantasy points.
1: Volume. That's why. Volume, volume, volume. And you know what? Even Tate had a few catches in that game, and uh, granted, I think most of them came without Ramsey on him, but Slayton had a catcher, too. There were some. It's just more for the fact that offensive line – can't help Daniel Jones and Daniel Jones can't even help himself. So I don't even know if that was, yes, Ramsey's been unbelievable, but at the same time, if McLaurin's getting 12 targets, he's going to catch four or five of them at least.
0: Yeah. Uh, looking at the FTN Fantasy tools, and you can go into these, these are all free tools to go use, so ftndaily.com or ftnfantasy.com slash yards uh, is where you want to go check this out, and there's a whole bunch of different stuff in there. One stat that I really like so far uh, that I'm just starting to use a little bit more is the Whopper, W-O-P-R. Uh, it's the weighted average that incorporates a player's share of the team targets and share of team yards all into one, and just looking at it right now through four weeks, it's Jamison Crowder, Julian Edelman, Keenan Allen, Adam. Thielen, DeAndre Hopkins, Odell, DJ Moore is still up there. I think DJ Moore is a really nice buy low right now.
1: I think he's a buy low, but I'll say it's something that there's also in the waiver column. He's a buy low, but a concerning buy low. I'm not going to say it's going to change because Rich Rebar tweeted about this yesterday, yesterday, credit to him. The concern I had for DJ Moore and Teddy Bridgewater this year was that fact that Teddy Bridgewater is a conservative passer, conservative both in aggressiveness and downfield. So you would have went into the season and we said, all right, well that would hurt Robbie Anderson more. Even if you're concerned about more, you, you'd be more concerned about Anderson than more. That's a lot of mores in there. The problem is, and this is where rich tweeted this. And this is why more is almost double an a dot over top of Anderson. They're actually throwing to Anderson short because he's not getting open and they're letting him do stuff after the catch. And they're throwing DJ more the longer a dot at like 11, 12 compared to like seven or eight for Robbie Anderson. So the concern there is because it's Teddy, does it really start to fix for DJ Moore? I don't know it does. He is a great buy low, but I don't know it necessarily is going to get better.
0: I can see it getting better. Just bank on the talent in the situation and the fact that although they've won two games in a row, we know this defense isn't great. Presumably they're going to have to throw a lot. I think there's enough to go around for DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson if the defense continues to be this poor, even with McCaffrey back.
1: Sure, but I think they need to stop using more like they are. That's the problem that I would say.
0: Okay. Uh, anyone else from 50 and beyond? Like I mentioned, if you like the smash the like button, leave your favorite sleeper in the comment section to this video. But if it was you, who would you throw in there? Because I'm looking at CJ Board this week. Like, just take people against Dallas.
1: <laughs> just just take that flyer against them until it's Damian Ratley against yeah, I mean, that's that's one.
0: It could be Darnell Mooney against Tampa on Thursday, who's just playing significantly more. That's actually more. the one
1: name I was going to throw out. Is he's, Mooney playing, is he's just al-
0: playing more than Anthony Miller. It's weird.
1: Not only playing more, he's a better deep, than, or deep threat than uh, Miller. And I like Miller. People know I like Miller. And at this point, Mooney's been more valuable for this team than what they're playing. Uh, outside of that, I mean, you have Miller all the way down to 74, so that's warranted right there. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's kind of really about it. I wouldn't want to try to go, but we do have two buys and a lot of injuries. Some people might have to go lower.
0: I mean, those, those guys are all available. CJ Board, Damian Ratley, Cedric Wilson. Just take guys from the stupid Dallas game.
1: Or Darnell Mooney. I do like Darnell Mooney a lot. Draquan yeah. Smith would obviously move up if Michael Thomas doesn't come back. But True, but sounds probably, it he sounds like he is. Yeah, it sounds like. Where Did did I scroll past him? Where do you have Nelson Aguilar? I I don't. <laughs> yeah. I'd play him over Zay Jones. No, Zay Jones
0: Jones is the truth.
1: If if there is no Henry Ruggs, I I don't want Nelson Aguilar. I mean, obviously, just go back to Renfro.
0: Yeah, just play Renfro. He's a top forty option again. He wasn't doing anything for a while. Then the fourth quarter is Renfro time.
1: No, it's Cole Beasley. It's the Cole Beasley for the Las Vegas Raiders.
0: Yeah, let's talk tight ends tight end rankings for week five uh, likely out i thought
1: we usually go quarterbacks next
0: no i'm doing tight ends
1: yeah throwing me off over here i was already clicked on your quarterbacks that's that's <laughs> what
0: i've decided so likely out noah Fant, Dallas Goddard Jared Cook Tyler Eifert Jordan Atkins OJ Howard done for the season with an Achilles injury Packers and Lions on bye. which eh, if you had Tanya you got to find a replacement you have Hawkinson you need to find a replacement. So we talked briefly at the beginning of the show about like the must start tight ends. Let's try to figure out who those guys are. So for me, it would be Kelsey, Kittle, Andrews, Waller, Gasicki, Ingram, Schultz, Ertz, Henry, Janu. I think those ten guys, if you have them, you just start them every week.
1: Uh, I'd say nine of those ten guys. I am not on Evan Ingram at all.
0: <laughs> I you're, you're starting them this week.
1: No, I'm not. You're not this starting is, you're not starting whole-
0: Evan Ingram against the Cowboys? Like what are you doing here?
1: I I'm understanding what this offense is. And Daniel Jones is, is the trap scenario. We do this every single year with like, what happened just with the Vikings start. Everybody gets the Vikings. Well, they turned the corner a little bit. I'm not saying the Cowboys are going to turn the corner enough to be like, Oh, they shut him down. It's only 10 points, but Daniel Jones can do that himself. Daniel Jones is not connecting with Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram doesn't even rank side, the top 20 for separation at the time of throw or at catch. He's not getting open. And Daniel Jones is not throwing him open. I understand. Evan Ingram has had a lot of balls go his way, but there's a problem when you're not open. That so I understand the matchup. I get it. People want to play Ingram. People, this could be the game, and everybody, if the game, riff, you know, they're gonna be like, "Oh, look! I told you!" I'm just not doing it. I would start Schultz, Ertz, Henry, Janu, and probably even Hayden Hurst before I even got to Evan Ingram. I mean, I, that's what I would do. I would put Evan Ingram if it was my rankings at 11.
0: Oh yeah, I'm not gonna do that. Hayden Hurst, I have it lot. Yeah. Higby, Mo Alleycox, Jimmy Graham, Logan Thomas, Austin uh, Hooper, Gronk, Fells, Ian Thomas, Eric Ebron. This is the entire I guess Hurst is closer to the top end, and Higby's either like zero points or thirty points. And the rest of these guys are just, <laughs> Are you gonna catch a touch are you gonna catch touchdown? Who knows?
1: Well, that's why I stopped right before Higby. Yeah. So I think that yeah, it must start Again, I'd go down to Johnny. so nine out of your ten guys, but Ingram would start the next group with Hurst for me. I think they deserve to be in the same conversation. Ingram's got more targets, but Hurst has more production and a better quarterback by four.
0: Yeah, so tight end's pretty easy to figure out here, I think. Like, you have guys who are available that you can go start, and then, like I said, you're playing tight end roulette at the position. No need to really hammer down on this. Quarterbacks, let's get to them now. Likely in. I have Jimmy G is likely in for the moment. It sounds like he's trending towards playing. That could obviously change. Likely out. Terrell Taylor, Cam Newton, and safe space, Sam Darnold. He has to go to a safe space for this week because his shoulder is too sore to play. Packers, Lions on by, so you need some fill-ins. I got Lamar at number one, Wilson, Dak, Josh Allen, Kyler, Mahomes, Deshaun Watson. Hopefully this works out for him. Uh, I have Matt Ryan at 8 probably going to move him down. Now that I've taken Julio out, because the rankings all need to reflect each other, Daniel Jones at nine, Kirk Cousins at ten, Teddy B at number eleven, Herbert at twelve, Burrow, Brady, Minshew, Big Ben, Derek Carr, Jimmy G, Drew Brees, Ryan Fitzpatrick. How far down would you move Matt Ryan from number eight, where I have him right now,
1: with no Julio? Yeah, with no Uh... Julio. That's
0: if I'm going to change. Like I said, if I'm going to change the receiver rankings to have no Julio in, I have to think about the effect that has on everyone else,
1: plus Matt Ryan. I would put him with Tom Brady and both of them right behind Minshew. I know you have Minshew behind Brady, but that's where I would put him.
0: All right, I'll move Ryan behind Minshew. So I'll go Brady, Minshew, Ryan. The one thing about Brady at this point, uh, I'm not really buying you know, the five touchdown passes, but I do think it is somewhat <laughs> telling that it doesn't seem like they really want to run when they get inside the five-yard line. They're like, we're just better with Tom Brady passing the ball. That, I think touchdowns can follow him, even if not a lot of yardage does.
1: That's certainly fair. It's I kind of feel like he's in that conversation with Drew Brees, though, and that if it doesn't happen, obviously you're not getting the rushing and you're not getting 400-yard games anymore. So you're certainly right. And what a surprise that they don't trust the backfield. Ooh, shocker there. (laughs) And if you're talking about no Fournette, uh, Keyshawn Vaughn is a good pass blocker and good in the passing game, so that might just... That might actually equal having Ronald Jones off the field at a passing touchdown to a running back. So I don't have a problem with it. I'm, I only flipped one quarterback in front of him, but I think where you have him is fair for everything you said.
0: Is this the start of Daniel Jones, fantasy legend, like we talked about in the preseason? That Once he got nope. through that tough stretch, here we go.
1: I am not putting Daniel Jones inside my top ten. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go, Everybody Fums. else can do it. <laughs> Everybody else can do it. I am not playing the matchup trap game, but yeah, certainly. I know a lot of people will. I won't be on that train.
0: Oh, I'm definitely doing it. I'll definitely get trapped by that.
1: I'll get <laughs> trapped by
0: like those four guys in a row. So you have like the top seven, who are always the top seven, because that's who you're playing at quarterback. Uh Aaron Rodgers would be in there too, but obviously he's on by. But like I said, Daniel Jones, I love Kirk Cousins against the Seahawks. I love Teddy B against the Falcons, and I like Herbert against the Saints. Herbert's like a really good fantasy player.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I hesitated to rank him as high as I did last week, and it was still too low. Uh, he's just... His aggressiveness is good for fantasy. It's going to bite him at some point, I would assume, unless he develops at the same time as this aggressiveness and starts to offset some of his questionable throws. But no, hey, no, no. Got that, that that,
0: it's the Jameis Josh Allen effect. It's just like, no, no, throw, I know. Throw yourself into bad circumstances. <laughs> what do you have to do to get out of it? Throw more. <laughs>
1: No, I said for, for real life I was transitioning to the real life as a quarterback. I agree with you. Like I was going to say it's the Blake Bortles and Jameis Winston and that's what we'd like to see. That's what we were hoping for for Daniel Jones this year even in the bad matchups. So, all I'm saying is the arm also helps because you saw that big play to nobody knew who the, the Johnson was and then Jalen Guyton is he's also got that arm where he's going to take that shot. Those those shots downfield. The worst thing that could potentially happen for this team is if Tyrod Taylor comes back for fantasy purposes.
0: There's no way they can play him, right?
1: Anthony Lynn has not backed off that it's Tyrod's position if he comes back. I, you would think you've made the transition and Herbert is playing so well, so well, especially for a rookie, I should say, that you can't go back to Tyrod Taylor. But Lynn just keeps doubling and tripling and quadrupling down on the fact that he's not Wally pipping Tyrod Taylor. I mean, you kinda, don't you kind of owe it to the guy after getting stabbed in the chest by the team doctor? <laughs>
0: I mean, don't you owe it to your franchise to develop your young quarterback that you took number six yes. overall who's looked pretty good and maybe he can like I actually think he looks really good. It's weird. I did not he expect him to be good at all. Would.
1: No, I was not a Justin Herbert fan because of what we're talking about is some of the questionable aggressive decision making that would need to be reined in to be an NFL quarterback. It's like I said, it hasn't bit him yet. And he looks really good. Just if we're talking fantasy, he looks great, honestly, for fantasy.
0: Yeah, and in even in real life, this is more of a real-life discussion that we had before the season. And I kept kind of throwing it out to every guest that I have who wanted to say, like, well, you know, the bills are capped because Josh Allen's not very good. But everyone else was like, Sam Darnold, he's going to take a leap. And everyone's going to take a leap. But it was impossible for Josh Allen to get any better. Like, he was just always going to be who he is. But he's got, shockingly enough, you give him Stefan Diggs, <laughs> all of a sudden he's a little bit better. You design a real offense around him he looks a little bit better and even in the last two games we've seen zero scrambling attempts for Josh Allen he's keeping his eyes downfield he's trusting himself to make those throws a lot more he's doing it
1: 100 percent. yeah you said everybody don't don't include me in that I was the one that said the Stefan Diggs thing was just like what the Panthers did late with Cam Newton albeit I wasn't expecting this much of a leap for Josh Allen I don't think anybody even though the most positive fans were expecting what he's improved like by 50 percent as a pastor
0: yeah, he didn't need to pr- improve that much, but there was always a leap potential, especially going into year three. But everyone just, everyone's probably everyone says probably not going to have to do that. <laughs> but the majority of comments out there just never acknowledge yes. that. Hey, yes. this guy could get better. It's like no, no, he's bad. He has yeah. no accuracy. It's like okay, that that you know strange. who can't
1: get better? Who? Sam Darnold. Yeah, he sucks. Seen very <laughs> very cursed.
0: Very cursed. <laughs> I'm really riding the coattails of the Sam Darnold sucks bandwagon. Now everyone's coming over to my side. He had one really nice play though. I expect to hear all about it on the spread pick show. And then a list of excuses from Tim. Oh, well his shoulder hurts. Like we need another 18 years to evaluate him because he's only three years old.
1: I'm just hoping at some point, if we ever really suck at our jobs, that we can get as many excuses as Sam Darnold has gotten.
0: Are you kidding me? I mean like no one sucks worse than me at their job, but here I still am a decade later. Yeah.
1: If you say that defenses you know you're good
0: nah we don't we, we don't acknowledge that on the show we talk about how bad we are then we lower the expectations <laughs> so when good things happen it's like oh my god that was right good lord what's going on in this world <laughs> defense rankings for week five i got the rams at number one the bucks the steelers pats zona Cardinals at the jets the ravens the colts the bears the chiefs and the 49ers it's not a great week for defenses uh gary and me and i talked about this that some weeks like you look at it, it's like oh there's all the streaming quarterbacks in the world and that's kind of like this week where there's like five or six guys you can go pick up and play and other weeks it's like oh there's like seven defenses you could realistically go pick up this week is not one of those weeks like the cardinals are the most available defense that you can kind of pick up and feel good about playing
1: yeah i would think that in my streaming defenses i only had four because i didn't want to go past them
0: (laughs) and i include and i included the giants and cowboys in there
1: did you? Yeah. Why not? I, I include my top. My top four were Arizona, Dallas, ugh, the Texans, and the the football team, just because they can get pressure. And golf could always go sideways in a given week, but. Uh, yeah, it is actually a bad week for streaming defense. One thing I will say is some people got desperate because of the COVID situation and the pushback for the buy and all that type of stuff. You might have seen somebody drop the Steelers defense because they don't want to hold on to two defenses or anything like that. So just go check your waiver wire. Some, t- some people drop the Patriots too for some reason because you know, they don't the want Chiefs. to hold two defenses and they're playing. Yeah. yeah, they're playing the Chiefs.
0: I, I never... I, I- Get, you don't, it's almost like we talk about you don't need to carry two quarterbacks or two tight ends. Sorry, on the major, most of my teams throughout the season, I'll carry two defenses before I carry two tight ends or two quarterbacks, unless I'm playing two tight ends, like that uh, Kittle-Kelsey start that we talked about.
1: Right. I think in this year, we've already just saw in this past week that start carrying two quarterbacks, two tight ends, and maybe even two defenses.
0: Maybe. Do you worry that this Buffalo-Tennessee game isn't going to go because it's starting to look like it is going to go, like for sure now?
1: It doesn't sound like it's going to be a problem, you know, even if like some of these players can't return, that they just play without two or three of the players. So it does sound like, and after what we just saw with the Chiefs and getting that game in. So I would say think about it and just have a backup plan just in case. Don't pull it. Basically, you don't want to have happen last week what we just went through. Like, don't be looking Thursday and Friday for waiver options and the fact that they got pushed back another week.
0: All right. Jake Seaway, your rankings come out midnight Tuesday on theathletic.com.
1: Oh yes, I thought that you were saying a statement. I thought you were setting me up and like <laughs> they come out. Yes, they do. They come out midnight, Tuesday, Athletic.com. Still one dollar a month to sign up if you haven't. At all in kid, what you're about to say. And, you know, that's where I tweet out the podcast and all that stuff.
0: Well, what I was going to say is that if you get the one dollar deal at theathletic.com, what you can do is go harass Jake in the comment section because he is <laughs> contractually obligated to answer you there. I'm actually not. Oh, so you're just a good guy about it?
1: Uh, Yeah, I'm I'm contractually obligated to check in. I'm not obligated to answer all of them like I have been. And I got to sleep at some point, but I'm kind of hoping that the thousand comments dwindle down to maybe 700 by week seven.
0: Know, people will start playing start
1: playing DraftKings a bit more once yeah. they're
0: out of it they'll start betting i mean prop betting has really been where it's at jeff radcliffe at ftn bets.com has been fucking smashing it um he's up like it, it, let's, let's say you call it like a 10 dollars per unit kind of thing so he's up like 67 units or something like that so he'd be up like 670 bucks it's pretty good uh i'm not so i'm just gonna start tailing him i think <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's that's really smart. I actually saw him tweeting about that this weekend. There's one too. You should go check the the Chiefs actually have pretty good odds on finishing undefeated this year. Still,
0: what what would the odds be?
1: I think somebody was tweeting about this morning. I think it was still plus eight or nine hundred. Still,
0: that's that's too low. Come on, to be undefeated,
1: you think? I mean did you see their schedule they find a game where you don't think that they can win it
0: yeah but then you're like it's it's all like betting a lot of overs over the course of time anyway like now you have to like if you're betting someone to be undefeated at like nine or ten to one like or eight or nine to one that just seems so low like for the actual expectation once you consider all the variables like what if Mahomes gets covid then he's out two weeks okay like like, like that's realistically on the table this year too
1: I guess yeah, that's a fair point. But you know, look at their schedule. Their two toughest games is at Buffalo and at New Orleans, towards you But uh, yeah, okay, that's a fair one. I say that only because it's only dropped that well. Only it was twenty-five to one to start the season. Like so. it,
0: it should be like 25 like the thing about those types of bets is that they're just going to give you bad odds of them because people will want to bet them either way we talk about this in golf a lot like when Tiger's in a tournament even now like one Tiger was winning every tournament in 2002 the, yeah like his odds were justified because he was legit winning seven tournaments in a row but now he wins maybe one a year yet he's priced like a guy who wins every second event that he just has bad odds but the books don't care because they know people are going to bet on Tiger Woods people want Want to see Kansas City go undefeated, so they will bet on it no matter how bad the price Mm. is.
1: This is why I talked to you because I learned such things. And
0: betting, the, the, the strategy behind betting, I get. The actual practice of betting, not the greatest at, but you can be better <laughs> at betting if you go to ftnbets.com, ftndaily.com, ftnfantasy.com. Uh, there's free stuff up there, but there are the tools that you can use to make yourself better. And like, There's the fantasy tool that's up there right now. If you have a lineup decision to be made, you put in your three guys, the projections will spit out who's best at what. If, are you looking for floor? Are you looking at upside? Are you looking for stability? Who knows? But you can do that at Ftnfantasy.com. At FTN Daily, you have the shadow index, the wide receivers, and the cornerback matchups, the optimizer, the projections, the ownership projections, and all the bets. Uh, there's the prop shop tool, which is completely free where you shop around to find your best line available for any prop in any state where gambling is already legalized. So I just recommend you go check out the site. Use code Mayo if you like one of those tools, and boom, you get yourself a discount. And it's already 25% off because the season is one-fourth over. It'd be disingenuous to charge full prices for something that's already a quarter done. So Slash by 25% already, plus you get yourself the discount. All of the FTN sites you can find in the description of this video and podcast. Remember to smash smashy smashy the like button leave your favorite wide receiver sleeper in the comment section And if you do have a start sick question leave it in the friday show comments because that's when i'm gonna have all the information about the injuries about you know everything that's going on for the week and it, i mean there's no point of answering a question on a tuesday shit's gonna change it's why I update the rankings every single day because shit changes so just be be calm you know just take your time It'll all be good. I'll get to the question. So in Jake's column, you put in the question. He has to answer you on Fridays. I will answer you if you <laughs> leave it in the comment section of Friday's video. Anyway, that's enough for me. Ranks in the description. I'm Pat Mayo. Good luck in week five. I'll see you next time.
1: Mayo experience. Experience.